Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm glad to be here. Bill Arnold with you. For the next couple of hours, we're going to hang out and learn from God's Word. We're going to have some uh, smiles. We're going to just spend some time together because I think that's a lot of what we do is just keep each other company, have fellowship, love one another. God calls us to, uh, I think, be much better at uh, connecting with our loved ones and our neighbors and our friends and our coworkers. And sometimes if we just get into the rhythm of of taking that risk and having good conversation and listening to good conversation, it stimulates us. That's what I'm hoping to do with you today. My friend Patrick Albany is going to be joining me in just a little bit. And I'm going to have a really lovely hour uh, with Ward Brem. Uh, he wrote a book called Bigger Than Me. This one I thought had all the answers. God changed the questions. And we had a discussion uh, with my family uh, last night at dinner, and my brother-in-law Tom brought up a subject which kind of intrigued all of us, and it's going to fit in perfectly to the discussion I'm going to have with Ward today. So you're going to want to stick around for hour two as well. But we are going to uh, get things started uh, with uh, Patrick. Um, But I also just want to read something from uh, Corinthians where it says, Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Good reminder all the time. Take a little break and then bring Patrick on. Hi, I'm Neil Stave, a manager of Faith Radio. I've been a part of Northwestern Media for over 40 years. And it never ceases to amaze me to see and hear about the growing family of givers to this ministry. Every day of the month, all throughout the year, gifts are processed from generous friends who partner with us, consistently and cheerfully supporting the station that proclaims the gospel, teaches the Bible, builds up believers, and invites all to experience new life in Christ. But to all of you who make up this great team of supporters, whether new givers or long-term investors, thank you. Your gifts have made an impact in thousands of lives for this life and in the life to come. And if you're enjoying the benefits of this ministry because of the sacrifice of others, why not take a share in our support needs? Your gift helps lighten the load and allows for greater ministry ahead as Faith Radio grows in impact and effectiveness. Join today with an online gift at MyFaithRadio.com. That's MyFaithRadio.com. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. I love Mondays, and you know what that means. I always get a chance to talk to my friend and colleague from prestigious West Des Moines, Patrick Albanese, who's with us on our Skype line. Hello, Patrick. Hello. Well, you've got quite a bunch of activity. You have got a, quite a bunch of activity going on in your neck of the woods with the Iowa State Fair going on and all the candidates showing up on the soapboxes, spewing, all the can- spewing yep. their messages. 
I will be at the Iowa State Fair tomorrow night with the uh, family, doing our best to avoid the buses because they'll have their big buses, you know. Or, or some of them, have, Bernie has a clown car, I think. <laughs> Maybe all these candidates, you should go. You could say, well, what kind of a vehicle should each of them have? Like, you know, uh, Kamala Harris should have a police cruiser. <laughs> I don't know. What does Joe Biden have? He's got like an old Buick Opal. Yeah, <laughs> you know? sounds about right. Boy, Bernie's- he got beat up over the weekend, didn't he? Oh, my gosh. Just uh, I, I didn't realize you could get that many feet in your mouth all at once. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. You know, uh, if, it if happened a, right here. If a loved one roughly that age started having things sound so confusing, you'd probably want to get them to the doctor. Well, my family has instructions for me, so <laughs> I, I don't know why everybody doesn't have those instructions. If I start... I think now they're just going to say, if you start sounding like Joe Biden, just uh, pack it in. It, it, he doesn't sound sharp right now. And I, I know that campaigning, can, it, it's, you know, they're talking for hours oh, and hours be a day. exhausting. Yeah. And mistakes are going to get made. But um, some of this stuff should be on autopilot. And I really think just like Hillary uh, four years ago thought, I don't really have to work that hard. This is mine. And I don't know if he can handle this competition. They're brutal. Yeah, they are. They are brutal. Well, you know, when he made reference to being the vice president during the Parkland shooting, I always think, well, everybody only ever calls him Mr. Vice President. He's never not Mr. Vice President. Yeah, that's true. I mean, true. he was not in office at the time, but um, he's... Well, he said they came to visit him, you know, so it's, I, I don't know where he was, if he was on the Amtrak and a bunch of the kids <laughs> came by, but... You know, it sounds like he made it up, you know, because he's obviously got the dates wrong. He's got the school wrong. And, you know, and we see this a lot with candidates wanting to sound like they're, you know, they're really down with the struggle. Right. Right. Uh, they say, oh, I, I can, you know, Hillary, I, I carry. A, oh, yeah, I keep my own sriracha. You know, I keep it in my purse like mm-hmm. you do not keep hot saucing your purse. <laughs> you know, oh, I was under sniper fire. It's like you were not under sniper fire. You're trying to, you know, relate to the common man. And it's not, just tell the truth. You you know, you all have been around long enough where you have enough experiences where you'll relate. But this, always attempting to relate. Oh, yeah, that person, I was there when that happened. It's, uh, you weren't. <laughs> You know, Chelsea Clinton was supposedly like, you know, near the Twin Towers when they came down. Eh, it turned out no. You know? so, yeah. And Joe, I think po- politicians on both sides of the aisle uh, have their their faults, their their exaggerations and uh, their embellishments. Yeah. And, and I think, unfortunately, now, because we have this uh, victim mentality that you you have to be able to paint yourself as, you know, Joe Biden doesn't have a victim card. Uh, so so he, he, you know, he's that patriarchy that the, the white males that, uh, you know, a lot of other candidates say that's been the problem right there. Guys like that. So, you know, other ones can say, well, I grew up in a poor neighborhood or I was bust or I, you know, uh, they, they all seem to have some sort of victim card that allows them to, you know, obviously you can't attack me because I am in fill in the blank Native American one, 1,024th worth. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Joe doesn't have that. And, and that's how the game seems to be played, at least until the nomination is sewn up. Mm-hmm. And that will get ugly uh, when that starts to happen. Yeah, and all of Trump's people are taking notes. Oh, of course they are. 
Yeah. Oh, and you know, yeah, you got to figure that Donald Trump, as of this week, is thinking, "Oh, please let it be Joe. We got some gold." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's 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 a brutal thing, and uh, I'm sure I'll run into some of them tomorrow. Uh, I'm actually going to sit in on a radio show that is a, as a political station, and so uh, they always have an open invite. Now, this radio station leans conservative. And so the invites go unheeded most of the time, but uh, the station has, it's an open door. If you are running for president, you can come on in. So I may meet a presidential contender tomorrow, but anybody that would stoop that low is really desperate. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll go on with this guy, yeah. Yeah, um, I was sent you that little article written by uh, Paul Copen. He's the author of a, a book, uh, True for You But Not for Me. And I thought it's interesting the, the, the beating that truth is taking nowadays because we seem to be so confused about it. I mean, truth is going through a very tough time right now when we have stories like the 69-year-old guy in the Netherlands. He petitions the court to legally change his age to 49. Um, the woman, I can't think of her name right now, but she felt African-American and rep- oh, yeah, represented, yeah, yeah. Re- represented herself to be so. So she rises in leadership in the NAACP, and then she's exposed, you know, and uh, there, there's more, more and more like it. Um, and, and she doesn't let it go. Well, she, there's a guy out there, middle-aged man, who uh, identifies as, I think, a six-year-old girl. No, I think younger because he wears diapers. Okay. And um, there, he's surrounded by people that are supporting the delusion. Mm. Uh, and I don't get it. Uh, you know, and it's funny. It's when you send me that article, something jumped out at me because we 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 bandy that phrase about a lot. You know, there's uh, there's my truth, there's your truth, but really, there's only the truth. And um, you know, you uh, referenced in the thing that you sent me, or you brought up the guy who went to the college campuses and said, "I identify as a six foot four Asian basketball star," and he was like five foot nine guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and but people said, well, OK, you know, that's your truth. And I realized that, you know, as silly as that phrase sounds, it's actually a euphemism for I don't believe you. It's probably the most polite way you can say, oh, come on, that's malarkey. Mm-hmm. I borrowed that from Joe Biden. That's just a bunch, <laughs> of, that's a bunch of malarkey. No, you're not. You're not a six foot ten Asian basketball player. Right. You're a five foot nine. I don't even know what you are. But so when you say, "Well, that's your truth," and I support you in your truth, you're saying I don't believe you. But okay, have at it. Yeah. It's kind of silly. Yeah. And then Oprah Winfrey chimed in and said that speaking your truth is the most powerful tool we all have. Uh, nah, I, I mean, she's so close. Isn't it amazing? So speaking the truth, but not your truth, because I got to tell you my truth. If I get to custom make it, I'm pretty good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Over some pretty good stuff that is rightfully true for me. Yeah, yeah. There was I've I've got other problems with Oprah anyway. I mean, after she becomes a billionaire, she starts getting into a lot of that new age stuff about how to become successful and wealthy, and then she pushes it off as to how she did it. It's like, no, 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 don't long before you did any of this crazy stuff, you just worked really hard and had a very successful show and you were extremely likable and mm-hmm. that's it. You're, you were, you had a talent that people wanted to buy. Yeah. 
But yeah, people but, always have to try to reinvent themselves, don't they? Yeah, and I think there's maybe just in her own head, maybe with, with the amount of success she's had, there's a way to justify that, you know, maybe it's just because I, did, I didn't get lucky. I did the right thing. It's like, well, you worked hard. But yeah. you don't want, she doesn't want to call other people that aren't as successful as her. You know, they, they, she doesn't want to say they don't work hard. It's like, well, you know, okay, it's hard work, luck, whatever. Um, you know, it's everybody gets a hand of cards. <laughs> so That's true. Patrick Albanese is my guest. We'll take a little break when we come back. Lots more with him. We'll be back in 90 seconds. Hi, Patrick Albany. He's my friend and colleague from prestigious West Des Moines. We were talking uh, right before we went to break about how truth is taking a, uh, a little bit of a beating. And it seems to be kind of relative. And everybody uh, in society will often say that the most important thing is your truth. And Patrick, I, I want to reference Hebrews 13, verse 8, that says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. There's some truth you can chew on. Yeah, little truth goes a long way, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. I saw that. You know what's great? Oh, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that the thing about this relativism with truth is it allows you to live your life without making any difficult choices. You know, you Mm -hmm. just say, you know what? My new truth is (laughs) I can can eat that. I can drink that. I can experience that. that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, don't I deserve to be happy? God wants me to be happy, right? Okay. Yeah. Old. And now now I read there's roughly 3,000 new podcasts a month. And I think we're being a little bit uh, overwhelmed with people in the business of me business. Let's talk about me. Yeah, yeah. You need to see my take on it. Um, and Oof. of course, 3,001 <laughs> podcast because I just launched my How to Pick a Podcast podcast. <laughs> that goes along with my uh, book to... This really helps a lot. It's the complete idiot's guide to books for dummies. There's so <laughs> many of those. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to help out here. My, so my daughter is 10 and she, you know, watches YouTube personalities and they get crazier and crazier and crazier. But all they ever do is talk about themselves and look here, I'm going to eat this dog food now. Wow. I just did that. And it's, uh, and it's, I, I don't know. I don't want to call it an addiction uh, for the people watching it, but it's certainly an addiction for the people that need to create new material every single day to focus on me, 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 me. And I think, I don't know if we talked about this the other week, but, uh, like I had, I had this revelation. I get them every now and then, but that, you know, are they scheduled the things, or impromptu? They no, they're, well, I schedule some impromptu. <laughs> okay. All right. Every third I, yeah, it's coming up. Uh, I got one next month coming up. I'll let oh, you know. Oh, good. Yeah, keep me posted. But it was, like I said, you know, church started to change a lot for me when, you know, I initially started going with the attitude of what's in this for me. And then it started to switch over to, you know, what's in it for other people that I can deliver. Uh, because it's, you know, I don't know how many times the pastor would get up there and say, it's not about me. It's not, you know, you repeat after me. It's not about me. Uh, and then he'd have us take the nonconformist pledge. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but but uh, 
you know, you hear that and you say, yeah, it's not about me. Well, that made me feel good. Right. Uh, and then one day it just kind of sunk in. It's like, you know, you are actually here to serve others as much as you would like it to not be true. You know, you like the idea of serving others when it's the others that are serving you. But boy, oh boy, it's it sometimes takes a while to get through a thick skull like mine. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, hey, this is really it. This is it. Yes. Uh, yeah. One of my uh, favorite listeners, Terry, jumped in with a comment. He said, talking about society's stance that truth is relative to the individual, does this have any implications on the popularity of the Internet? where everyone can project their own persona, specifically in social media where people say things they would never say in a public conversation. Yeah, I think, and what's funny is, um, you know that, uh, you know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas? Yeah. Well, I really believe that what happens in Vegas was uh, planned at home weeks in advance. And uh, the people that, you know, get on the internet to make, say, snarky comments, you know, first... I don't believe there's a whole ton of original material on the internet. I think somebody sees one snarky comment somewhere, maybe rewords it and then reuses that snark because they believe it makes them seem clever. And, uh, it's weird that the whole idea is to get a bunch of people following you to get your witty, you know, repartee, which these days is just snarkiness. And that's supposed to be what your personality is. Mm -hmm. uh, crazy. Yeah. And then, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about rules because rules, apparently, we, we either like them or we don't. We rebel against them, and then we resent it when other people don't follow rules. Now, case in point, uh, we just outlawed August 1st that you can't be holding your phone and talking on it, can't have it up to your ear when you're in the car driving in Minnesota. And, of course, you can't be texting. So yeah. now I'm driving down the road, and I'm feeling like this is a good idea because we've talked about this in the past, Patrick, where you say it's, it's common sense to just keep your hands on the wheel and pay attention to the road. That's common sense. That is common sense. Yes. Now we have to take a page out of the book of common sense and stick it in the book of rules. Because now we have to make it a rule that you don't do that because too many people are doing it, putting other people at risk, right? Right. Right. So now I'm driving down the road today and there's a person in the car next to me uh, with the phone up right by the steering wheel looking at it. And I'm on the highway going 55 and there, there's a text message being you can tell. You can tell that there's texting going on. Something's happening there. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, I feel like, don't you know what the rule is? And you start to resent people that don't follow the rules. So I don't even know now, where I'm going that, with this idea. Is that is that because you wish you could get away? With <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> you know, it's like you're driving 55, and some guy comes at 75. You go, well, there, there you go. <laughs> Heck, and you're thinking, now, am I just jealous because I'd like to go 75, but I'm afraid I'd get caught? Like I, I have this idea. I have an idea for a smartphone app. I think this would probably be the best-selling smartphone app. It uh, it alerts you when the light turns green. <laughs> <laughs> because no matter what the rules are, and I am I'm making a true confession here right now, but you get to that light and you go, well, eh, might want to check my email for a second. And uh, it's funny, you go right down to as you have to fill this time. Like, I, well, I can't possibly sit here for a minute and do nothing. <laughs> uh, but on a positive note, it's it's where we can get behind, you know, the 110 year old lady writing a check in the grocery store and say, it's all right. It's all right. I'll be checking Facebook. I'll be on Facebook while you're doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's I think 
you know, we, we, we hate that there's rules, but we sometimes say that's a good rule. And then we get upset when somebody's breaking the rules, but I don't know if it's because they're breaking the rules or because we want to. Yeah. And it all, it all falls into our fallen nature where, you know, we don't like being told what to do. And then, you know, when we see other people getting away with it or not obeying the rules, we just get naturally a little irritated. Well, that's why I laugh at these, 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 I don't want to just call them millennials, but these kids today that are all about socialism. I go, you know, you moved out of the house because you didn't like your parents telling you what to do. That's why you left. And now you're saying to the government, tell everybody what to do, including me. Mm-hmm. You're not going to like it. That's why you left the house. You said, I want my freedom to come and go as I please. Well, you know, what happens? I mean, you look at, um, they want to, they'll, they'll, they'll try to ban guns, for example. But then some guy goes on a knife spree in California last week. And so then that'll be the next thing. And pretty, and Britain has already banned knives. It's not helping because the bad guys just went and gotten more knives. So, you know, you, you say, well, you can make all these rules, but unfortunately, bad people don't follow them. No matter what you, you know, it turns out, by the way, that murder in any form is illegal. Yeah, that's Whatever true. Whatever you do. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Patrick, uh, you had an experience. Uh, of course, we're listener supported at Faith Radio, which I love. And I love to be able to shout out listeners that um, part, you know, that that you had an encounter with one. Uh, well, sort of. Yeah, I was sort doing of. A, yeah, I was doing a, a I was performing at a, 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 an event uh, a while back for some teachers. And this guy comes up to me and says, hey, I'm part of the organization. And I didn't get to meet you a couple of weeks ago because we were out on a trip. In fact, he comes to me later, he says, he goes, and the weirdest thing happened. Um, I'm out with my uh, brother-in-law's mother. <laughs> and uh, uh, she's, I guess, uh, they're in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. And he said, she's, she can't really see, but she can hear. So she likes the radio. And uh, he says, I, I'm talking to her. And she says, you know, what's coming up for you in your life? And he, he says, I talked about this event. And we're ha- I'm excited because we're having a magician come and perform. <laughs> Uh, and she knew that he was from, you know, prestigious West Des Moines. Uh, and she said, oh, well, what's the magician's name? And he says, uh, it, it's, he's in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, right? He says, uh, it's yeah, Patrick Albanese. She goes, oh, yeah, I know him. <laughs> <laughs> he says, oh. So I, he tells me this. He goes, he goes, nah, he goes, I just thought that was the funniest thing. And I, I said, well, how did she know me? He said, well, she says she listens to this radio show with Bill Arnold. And uh, I said, oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's me. He goes, oh, this, so it's real. It's you. He goes, can you say hi to Marilyn in Lake Geneva? So uh, that was Marilyn in Lake Geneva. She's, but he, he just said, he goes, well, I'm, you know, 500 miles away from wherever. And this woman goes, oh, yeah, I know. Oh, uh, that's so cute. <laughs> well, hopefully, Marilyn, we made your day. Well, yeah. Patrick, have fun at the uh, Iowa State Fair tomorrow. And uh, I hope you survive. I hope you have nice weather. Oh, I'm. Uh, the crowds are big I'm, there, aren't so I- they? They're very big, and you know we just got back from a little trip, so I'm kind of excited about just doing Iowa stuff. Yeah, Iowa, I get it, I get it. Yep. All right, well, enjoy your day, and thanks so much for uh, being on the program. Thanks. All right, talk to you again next week. Patrick Albanese has been my guest. We're going to take a little break, and then we've got uh, Kate Battistelli coming up. It's going to be a great interview. She's an amazing uh, woman, and also the mother of Francesca. Be back in a minute. Thank you. 
You're listening to Bill Arnold's encore presentation, Faith, Hope, and Clarity, in a special repeat performance. So all God ever needs is a willing vessel. Will you say yes? There's the big question. My guest is uh, Kate Battistelli, and she is an author and speaker, and she used to be in the biz, the actress, singer. She was New York Broadway musical world. That's the big time, just so you know. And she's also the mother of Grammy Award-winning contemporary Christian recording artist Francesca Battistelli. You just heard her music. Kate, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Bill. Are you kidding? You've been uh, on my list of people I've wanted to meet and talk to, so thanks for coming on. Cool book, The God Dare, (laughs) Will You Choose to Believe the Impossible? Do say more. Oh, well, it's coming out on Saturday, so I'm excited about that. It's my second book, and it's just, you know, all about those crazy ideas that God drops in your spirit that you know you can't possibly do without his help. Yeah. So I want to hear a little bit about your your background uh, getting on Broadway and that whole journey. I'd love to hear some about that, if you don't mind. Sure. I was young. This is now back in 1981. Mm -hmm. I was a mere 26 at the time and I was a struggling actress in New York City. And I went up for the for the part of the understudy in the big national tour of the King and I starring Yul Brynner. And those of your listeners that know that have ever seen the movie or have seen um, the Ten Commandments, they would know who Yul Brynner is. He's the the ball guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I went out as the understudy. I got to about two months into the run of the show, the leading lady got pneumonia. So I got to go on. And, you know, typically an understudy is really an insurance policy for the producers. Mm -hmm. You don't really expect you're going to get an opportunity to go on. Well, I did. I got to do the show for about two weeks with Yul Brynner. Then the leading lady came back. So I went back to the chorus because that's what you do. And then about a month or so later, they just decided they did not like each other. They didn't get along well. So Yul Brynner bought out her two-year contract and gave me the part of a lifetime. And and I was a nobody. I mean, he could have had his choice of any actress in New York or Hollywood or anywhere in the world, really. And he picked me. It was just, and this is before I knew the Lord. So this is one of those just crazy things that God has done in my life that I see it now as sort of a prophetic picture of what he was going to do in my life. But It's just very interesting how that worked out. So I got to do the show for almost three years, about a thousand performances. Yeah. So it was, it was an interesting time. Yeah. That's a big curtain, uh, curtain bow at the end of the show. That's a big one. That is. You get to take the, you probably got, got to take the second to the last one, didn't you? Second to the last. Yep. I mean, originally it was her show. She would have had the last bow, but you know, when Yul Brynner took over, it became his. So I was perfectly happy to take the second to the last bow. Yeah. Okay, now brag on your daughter a little bit. Well, she's amazing. If you listen to Christian music, <laughs> you've heard of Francesca Battistelli, uh-huh. and she's just, you know, God has just blessed her so much. She is so passionate about the Lord and about worship and about doing what God's called her to do. So we are, we just feel honored that God gave her to us as to be her parents because she's just an amazing, amazing young woman. Great mom, great wife, you know, just, she's just I'm I'm just blessed to have her. Yeah. Are there any other kids uh, waiting in the wings, wanting to be stars in your family? Or no, God only gave us one. I'm the crazy woman who wanted five kids, but God said, "Nope, you're going to have one." And at the time, it was really difficult because, 
you know, that's just, that was the, the cry of my heart was to have more children. And God kept saying, no, we tried adoption four times and four times it fell through. Nothing worked until finally I got it through my thick head that God was giving us one child. But I think because of the, where he was taking her, she needed our full attention to mm-hmm. help her navigate, you know, you know, what the, the showbiz world is like. So just to navigate all of that, even though Christian music's a little bit different, but still, there are some principles and things you need to learn. And because we'd been in, in the entertainment world, we had a better understanding, but I I think God was very smart in what he was doing with just giving us one child. Though at the time it was hard. Yeah. Now, uh, Kate, in the book, the God dare, you invite people to take this God dare. So Mm -hmm. please tell us what that's about. I do. Yes. The God dare is just that, that really crazy idea that you go, God, there's no way for me. That was writing my first book because I wasn't a writer. I didn't have a college degree. I had no platform. I mean, none of it made sense, but God just kept pressing this idea into my spirit. And finally, I just went to somebody and said, I, I think I'm supposed to write a book. A friend of mine that was a writing coach. And I said, talk me out of it. Tell me I'm crazy. And she said, no, this is definitely God. You need to do it. And we did and got it published and everything. And it's, it's usually that kind of idea or that kind of thought that you get that you go, I'm not equipped to do this. There's no way it's going to take me out of my comfort zone. It's scary. But the, one of the keys is that if God calls you to it, he'll equip you to do it because he has to, he knows we can't take a God dare on our own. We can, we can only do what's possible. He has to do the impossible. And I see it all through scripture. I've seen it in my life many times. And it's just, it's just amazing how, how real it is out there when you really start looking around, you start seeing it and seeing how God will just put this out, you know, give somebody this opportunity and we can say no to it if we want to. And many times we will just because it typically will be a little bit scary, but it's, it's so exciting when you say yes, because it changes the world. Hmm. Well, let's just look at the odds of this book getting written here, Kate. Uh, you're not, (laughs) you're not a trained writer, right? You know, you admitted there's no college degree. You're not a parenting expert. And you don't necessarily even have time to write a book, and you're not sure who's going to read it, and you don't know how it's going to get published, and you're kind of generally thinking people is going to are going to think it's a stupid idea, right. and then also uh, talk about you know maybe you're self promoting because you've got a famous daughter, we know this whole thing. So they're the odds; right. they're against you, and yet you did it. That's fantastic. Right? Yeah. You have to, you just have to ignore all that and ignore the voice of the enemy and follow what the Lord's leading you to do. Say yes, ask him for confirmation because he'll give it to you. If it's God, he will confirm it. You know, I don't tell anybody to just go out and do some kind of crazy thing. You want to really know that you're hearing the Lord through confirmation, through getting prayer, through talking to mature Christians, your pastor, people like that, to just really know that what you're doing is, is God's will. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kate, at the end of chapter four, I see this little section called God's Dare Secrets, which instantly caught my attention. And the first one was, you can be bruised and brave at the same time. Boy, is that wise. Mm. Well, uh, that that particular chapter, chapter four, was my most recent God Dare, the hardest one for me to write, because I talk about something I never talked about in 46 years. When I was 18, back in 1972, I got pregnant at the end of high school. And it was that summer that I graduated and I knew something was wrong. And back then it it was such a terrifying thing to me. I knew if I told my family, it would just, it it was just not going to go well. So I ended up, I lived in New Jersey at the time where abortion was illegal, but in New York city, it was legal. So I ended up going to New York, having an abortion 
and never telling anyone. I mean, other than my husband and maybe two or three friends in in my entire life, I just was terrified to talk about it because it's a heavy subject. It's something that a lot of women struggle with. I think it's one out of three women have had an abortion. So it's, it's a big deal. It's a real thing, but it's something we need to bring out of the shadows, especially in the church. And I just felt like the Lord just was really pressing me last summer to put this in the book. I did not want to, I told him no, but I eventually just said, okay, God, if you're going to use this to bring healing to even one woman, it's worth it for me to, to blow my own cover. And so I did and put it in there and, and it, it just shows that you can be bruised and brave at the same time. You can do, you can do the hard thing. You can tell the scary, difficult story because it's going to help somebody else. And that made it all worth it for me. Mm -hmm. Kate, talk about some uh, examples from the uh, the Bible of people who really just said to God, please lead my, my life. Would you share a couple of those? Oh, I mean, I, I just see it all through scripture. Job, I see it with him. Mm -hmm. I see it with Joseph. With One of my favorites is Ruth, because she Mine didn't too. see, you know, God didn't appear to her. She didn't see an angel. It was nothing like that. It was just she saw something so real and raw in her mother-in-law, Naomi's life, that just drew her to God. It, she had to know who he was. She had to follow, even though she had no prospects. I mean, none of it really makes sense when you look at at the book of Ruth and and see well why on earth did she leave everything she knew left her country left her, everything to follow a woman to another country where she was not an Israelite she was a Moabite which was a heathen mm -hmm. a gentile and yet she followed and obeyed and ends up in the lineage of Christ and i just see that it's a very subtle god dare that's a that's a different way god can dare you some through someone else's life but how won't it be amazing when we get to heaven and find oh Boy, just just by looking at my life, not me, but you know, someone would say, and and it drew them to the Lord. So I find that as very powerful. Mm -hmm. Kate, you grew you grew up, and when you're a young woman, you were in the entertainment biz, and everyone's got big dreams at that point, don't they? Oh yeah, yeah. I wanted to be a Tony Award winning actress. Yeah, right. So, but as we've gotten all a little bit older, do you hear people talking about their dreams almost as if? Uh, they're kind of depressed that they can't go for it or they're just at a stage in life where they can't take the risk and they've got fears and objections that probably hold them back from adventures God wants to take them on. Well, I do think that that's very true. Sometimes we'll just say, I'm too old or I've messed up too much. There's no way God can use me, but that is a trap and a lie of the enemy because if God calls you, he's going to make a way for you to do it. And I think our part is the stepping out. We have the scary part because we have to trust and go, okay, God, I'm going to say yes to this crazy thing. Maybe it's moving across the world. Maybe it's going to be a missionary in a country that hates the gospel and hates Christians and, and your life's going to be in danger. It could be any one of a million things that God asks you to do, but in the stepping out, that's where we're changed. And I really believe that when we obey, we're going to change the world in some capacity. Mm -hmm. I always think of Abraham, you know, at his age mm -hmm. and stage of life, just getting up and obediently saying, okay, <laughs> he just goes. Yeah. Moses too. You yeah. know, he was 80 years old on the backside of the desert thinking, well, this, this, this is it. I thought there was something else for me. And he was right all along, but God's training ground is often in the desert. And sometimes we might need decades of training before we're ready for that thing that God's going to call us to do. That's going to really make an impact. Mm -hmm. And I'm back now in another chapter under the God, the God dare secrets, which I find fascinating. Um, and you say that each of us has an assignment to change the world. Can you talk about that, elaborate that on a little bit? That's a big statement. Yeah. 
I really do believe that every person on this planet is here to change the world. Now, whether we choose to say yes, when God shows us that world changing thing that we're supposed to do, and it may not be as big as, you know, Queen Esther or Moses or Abraham, typically it's going to be just say yes to what he's telling you in the small sphere, just really living like Jesus, forgiving when you're treated poorly, living with integrity, doing those things that, that Jesus talks about that are, that are difficult to do. I mean, I think every word that came out of Jesus Christ's mouth was really a God dare because the things he asks us to do are very difficult without his help. So I, I do believe everybody's here to change the world, but it's our choice whether, we, whether we're going to agree with God and go ahead and do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kate, was it a good idea to, to say, okay, I've, if I've had things in my past and I believe that my past is disqualifying me from being used for God, that's a place where we need to stop and repent and say, God has forgiven me for that, and I want to open my hands to what God wants to put in them? Oh, absolutely. We have to. We have to be able to, because, I mean, repentance and asking for forgiveness is key, because once you can do that, it takes the burden off of you, and it, it gives you the freedom to move forward into whatever God has for you, because guilt and shame, all that stuff, that's just going to hold us back. That's going to get inside of us and start eating us from the inside out. And that is not good for anybody. We we just need to, it's time to let go of that. And that's what I'm hoping through the message of this book um, for men and women, that it will just help them to release some of that and walk into what God has. Because I don't think you can fully walk into everything God has you if you're holding on to a lot of guilt and a lot of shame and a lot of well, I messed up too much. Nobody's messed up too much for God not to use them. Yeah. I mean, look at the thief on the cross. It was his last moments of life, and he still made it to heaven. So it is never too late. Amen. All right, I'm going to take a little break. Uh, Kate Battistelli is my guest. She's written a book called The God Dare. Will you choose to believe the impossible? We'll be back in 90 seconds. listening to Bill Arnold's Encore presentation, Faith, Hope, and Clarity in a special repeat performance. Mom, should I interrupt your daughter singing, or should we just keep it playing? <laughs> it's well, your I call, it's not mine. It's no, no, call. no. You can go ahead. Do whatever works for you. All right. Uh, thank you, Rebecca. All right, I'm talking to Kate Battistelli, and the book is called The God Dare. Will you choose to believe the impossible? All right, so we've got this this dream. We've got something, and it's sacred to us. So what happens when we share it and somebody goes, <laughs> that's a dumb idea. Yeah, you'll well, have to do that. Yeah, that's that's hard and that's scary and that and sometimes it's best not to share those things. I mean, you just look at what happened to Joseph in the Bible. He shared his dream and ended up, you know, first a slave and then a prisoner. So I think it just depends on the size of the dream. If it's something really big and crazy like Joseph had, I think you need to just, you just need to be measured and pray and ask the Lord, do I share this? Do I tell people or do I just keep this to myself? That You just need to, to use a little wisdom, I think, sometimes, depending on what your dream is. Mm-hmm. I love uh, in one of your chapter 10, you talk about uh, God's dare secrets. Once again, I find this this little segment just so compelling. Um that you don't let anger, pride, or offense cause you to miss your God dare. Uh, certainly we can make our lives complicated with our own stupid egos. 
Yeah. Oh, we definitely can. I think it's just important to all those things, anger, pride, offense. Offense is one of the biggest ones that I think people hold on to. Somebody does something to you and you cannot forgive them. You see them going down the, you know, the aisle at the grocery store and you run to go down the other aisle because you just <laughs> can't even deal with them. So that's a big one. And, and, and I think if we're holding offense, it's going to inhibit any God dare God gives us because how are you, how can you fully walk into what God's calling you to do when you're holding offense against somebody? Even if if they deserve it, even if what they did to you is really, really horrible, it's still not our position to hold on to that. God tells us he, 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 you know, I mean, he commands us to forgive. So that's a very critical one to follow if we're going to fully walk into what God has for us. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's a big one, Kate. And let's say you've got a, a dream and you're thinking this is your, your God dare and things are not going the way at all that you thought. I mean, things just aren't even remotely happening the way you planned. How do you how do you put that into your your head and make that part of what God is doing in your life? Well, sometimes that could be God saying, hey, this isn't the direction for you. Or sometimes it could just be, hey, you're not quite ready to get there yet. We need to do a little bit more training. I mean, look at look at. Um, Moses, who was stuck in the desert for 40 years. That's a long time to be unsure of your purpose. I mean, he, he, I believe he knew what he'd been raised in Pharaoh's court to do, but he wasn't able to do it. Here he is, you know, chased to the backside of the desert because he murdered a, a, an Egyptian. So you look at that and think, gosh, well, maybe he just totally missed it, but he didn't. It was all about God's timing. So sometimes it's timing. Sometimes maybe you didn't hear God when you thought it was God. Maybe it wasn't. So then again, you need to pray. You need to get some good counsel. You need to try to figure it out. And if it's God's timing, then be willing to be patient, be willing to be in his training ground, wherever that is, and just learn what it is he needs you to learn so you can fully walk into what he's calling you to do. Mm -hmm. Kate, if you get this God dare and you pretty much feel that God's leading you in the direction and you run out of strength and energy, um, is that, is that the kind of thing you would go, Hmm, is this God telling me I'm, I'm not doing what he wants or cause, or should, should you just plan on being humanly tired from all the energy that life asks? Oh, I think you have to plan on that. I mean, okay. you know, my book took me eight years from when I, from the, from the first blog post to being published this coming Saturday, when it actually comes out, it took that long. So it's not necessarily going to always happen in a hurry. Oftentimes it's going to marinate for quite a while. And God's going to say, put that on the back burner for a while and go over here and do this. And then we'll come back to that, which is what happened with me with this book. So yeah, it's not always an indication that you're not on the right path. Sometimes it's just, it's God's timing. I mean, his timing is in everything. Mm -hmm. So talk about your prayer life through all of this, because it, prayer is the first line of defense, isn't it? <laughs> yes, mostly on my face, <laughs> just right, crying okay. out to the Lord, you know, just with each chapter, where do I go? What do I, what do you want me to say? Because I wanted it to be what God had to say, not what Kate Battistelli has to say. What I think isn't really that important. It's what, what God has taught me over the years. And, and as that all just sort of marinated in me that, and then I was able to just pour it out through these different Bible characters, through the stories in my life, through all those God dare secrets. And those are just things I've gleaned over 35 years of walking with the Lord. Cause the longer you walk with him, the more you pick up, the more wisdom you attain, the more things you learn, you know, beyond the shadow of a doubt are true. So, so that, that's how that worked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Kate, I would love for you to kind of encourage people who maybe have, um, 
they've calmed some of their energy down because they're they're afraid of rejection. They're just afraid that I shouldn't have this energy when I'm around people telling them about my dreams and what I want because I don't want to be I don't want to have rejection and I don't want people to uh, put negative thoughts in my head and and there's so many people that have got big dare dreams in their head. They just yeah. don't know what to do with them. Well, I think again, you need to really pray and seek the Lord. I, I, I would, I would advise not to let other people's opinions stop you. If they have good counsel, that's a different thing. But if you really know that you know that this is where God is calling you, just take the first step. You just, you don't have to look ten years down the road at where it is. Sometimes we we get so wrapped up in. I've got to do all these things when really, no, it's just write the next chapter, write the next sentence, do the next thing, not, not 10 things. Don't, don't be thinking so far ahead. Just look at what, what you can do today to bring your dream to pass and hold on to it. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks. If you know that, you know, and you've had confirmation and you've gotten good counsel, then you plow ahead and don't worry what anybody else thinks, because really that is not important. It's what God thinks of you. All right, I'm having a flashback to you being on Broadway stage with Yul Brenner. Um, <laughs> I'm just having a flashback here, Kate, and, I'm, and I and I know theater that no, I know that your blocking has to be perfect, mm-hmm. and your when you start your note and has to be perfect. <laughs> yep. And timing is like a laser beam; you have to just be perfect. So now, yeah. uh, I assume you've got some perfectionism in you. Well, probably a little bit. And my daughter does too. Well, and my husband. Yeah. Well, I guess we all do have. have Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me, is that, does that get in the way of your trying to do your dare? It can, because you can think, gosh, if, if, if it's not perfect, then, then I can't do it. I can't let it out or I can't expose it because it's not exactly the way I envisioned it. But sometimes I don't think God really cares about that. I, I mean, God's a perfectionist, but he's perfect. And we don't need to be. That can definitely stop us in our tracks because we see it. It has to be a certain way. And if God says, you know, I don't want it to turn out that way, it's going to be this way. We have to be flexible, flexible enough to go with with whatever God is showing us and just not get stuck in that. Perfectionism is just a real trap. And mm-hmm. I think we have to try to do all we can to to not get stuck there. So another uh the God dare secret, which I love, is the only way to combat a trickle of doubt is with a flood of truth. I'd love mm-hmm. you to say more about that. That's awesome. Yeah, well, I mean, doubts are going to come. There's no question. But when you read the word, that's where you're going to find the truth. I mean, you just have to read it. You have to find those scriptures that jump out at you. Write them down. Put your name in them. I'm a, I'm an, I'm a big one for putting my name right in the scripture, for speaking it out loud over myself, over my life, the ones that God has really pointed out to me. And it, it gives you power. It strengthens you because you know what God says is true, what the enemy's trying to tell me. And he will try to get me to doubt and try to do all those things and worry and fret and everything. I got to let that go. Find the, find the scriptures that, that suit you, write them down on a sticky note or whatever you want to put them on, put them all around. If you, you know, some people are really visual need to see that constant reminder, memorize the word, get that deep in you. And that's going to keep you going on those days when you don't want to put one foot in front of the other anymore, when it's Mm -hmm. tiring, because it can get wearying. I mean, after eight years of trying to get this book out, I was weary. And there were a couple of years there where I didn't even write at all because I was dealing with really bad anxiety that hit me out of nowhere. I mean, stuff like that, life happens, but we have to just be determined to keep going no matter what the enemy throws at us. Mm -hmm. And let's just be honest, Kate, uh, whatever you do, 
whether it's God's dare or not, uh, if, if you're going to really get any anything done, it's going to be a lot of hard work. It's just going to be Absolutely. a lot of work. And uh, you, you're basically also suggesting, you know, what are you willing to do that most won't do? Right. In order to have what most won't have. And of course, that's a lot of hard work. And that's that's the whole comfort zone thing. I think yeah. in America, particularly, you know, we're used to have most of us have a decent life and a nice home and can pay our bills. And hey, life's good. I'm fine. I don't need to I don't need to, you know, upset the apple cart. But sometimes God's asking us to do exactly that, to step out. And the ones that step out are the ones that are going to make it make a difference. If you're willing to, you, you will change the world with your life. If you're not willing to and you just want to live an average life, I mean, that's OK. You can still go to heaven, but it doesn't make any impact. And I'm a big believer in each one of our lives. We're all on this planet for a reason. Not one of us is here randomly. God has a purpose and a design for our lives, but it's our responsibility to press into him, find out what is that, and then do it with all our might because it honors him. That is probably the near perfect way to close my show today, Kate. Uh, Thank you so much. (laughs) Kate Battistelli has been my guest. Her book is called The God Dare. It's coming out uh, soon. Yes, June 1st. And actually, we've got a little text to number if anybody wants to get the first three chapters free, the foreword by my daughter, Franny. So she wrote the foreword and it's just text God Dare, all one word to 44144 and they can get the first three chapters for free, which is a nice way to kind of try before you buy. It is 44144 and then text God Dare. Thank you so much, Kate. Thank you so much, Bill. Have a great evening. God bless. Yep. We will take a short break and be back with more in just a minute. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.